Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, Craig. Hey, Jeff. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, this is Podcast vs. Everyone. I'm Craig. This is Jeff. With me is Jeff. Um, obviously, we're not as uh, uh, jovial at the start as we usually are um, because uh, uh, we got to talk about um, some sadness in the Cougar family today um, uh, from last week. Um, Bryce Beekman, uh, retro senior, would be a uh, safety passed away, um, which I'm sure anyone who listens to this podcast already knows. Um, obviously the, the second death of a player, uh, in just over two years, um, in the program. Um, man, it's been really tough, Jeff. It's been tough news to handle. Yeah. It uh, so it actually had happened uh, a little bit before we started recording last week's ap- episode, but the news didn't start kind of getting around until um, until later in the night. And uh, so we had, you know, we were recording our our episode of you know rewatching the the Oregon State game, um, during which Bryce Beekman had a had an interception. Um, but you know, so so that kind of went down, and you know, and then I. I didn't feel like staying up. I was tired. Um, a lot of times I'll stay up and mix the episode and get it uploaded to our server and everything and get it published to the, you know, to the podcast feed. Um, I didn't do that. I went, went to bed and that was at about 1030. And when I woke up the next morning, um, I kind of, I had a bunch of messages on my phone. Like, do you know what happened? Do you know what happened? And I'm like, I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then of course I went on Slack and, and saw that, um, that, that it was Beekman uh, who had died. I know you, uh, unfortunately, had stayed up late after we finished recording. Yeah, yeah, I was up. I was, you know, watching TV or whatever, um, and I just, uh, I remember, I, you know, I think I watched another episode of something, and I was about to go to bed, and I was like, oh, one more. And then um, uh, after that one ended, uh, I, you know, I hadn't been looking at my phone because I was watching TV, and, but uh, I... Um, you know, I, I checked my phone and, and just saw, you know, people uh, retweeting these ominous tweets from uh, players. Um, yeah, and we and we recognize those tweets now. Where yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, we know what that is because we've seen that before. Yep, I definitely remember that from two years ago. Um, and that's basically the same way the news came out. And then, you know, um, someone on Twitter uh passed along the the news to me you know via direct message and um and it was really tough you know um just to have just think about um another family uh another cougar family dealing with this again um beekman's uh, mom and dad and brother 
um, and uh, and just the the Cougar, you know, the the football team family dealing with this again. Um, so many players on the team who lost a teammate two years ago, losing a teammate again. This is not a normal thing. These are 18 to 22 year old men. 18 to 20 year old two year old men don't die um, in regular circumstances. Um, so it's just to just to have uh, um, this happen again. It's just yeah, it's crazy to to think about and. Um, and we have a whole new coaching staff coming in. The first, you know, thing that happens is, uh, they lose a player and, um, you, you have a, a bunch, you have a team to work with that, um, you frankly don't probably don't really know that well yet. And, um, and so, and you have the team spread out throughout the country, not being able to, you know, come together in person, um, because of the you know, coronavirus, of course, um, most players, as we talked about with, uh, um, when we had, uh, John from the basketball team on, um, a couple of weeks ago, the players just don't, didn't even come back from spring break basically. Cause all the classes are online. Um, of course, Beekman was in Pullman. Um, I, um, I, he had went home to Louisiana to where his mom lives and then, um, came back, um, I think to watch, I think to watch his, uh, brother play basketball who's um uh, going to uva to play for tony bennett next year um but uh he had come back from that obviously and had been back for a week or so um and um and then obviously um passed away which is you know um i just i can't even imagine uh uh what his family is going through and then what what his uh, teammates are going through again it's definitely not ideal that all the players are spread all over the country. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, when Tyler died, um, you know, they obviously brought the team together pretty quickly, uh, and, and did, you know, for, for sort of lack of a better term, did some immediate triage, right. Of, uh, of the, you know, the immediate wounds, um, instead now you know these guys are spread all over the country they're they're back at their homes they're with their families and you know maybe with their families is a good place to be but um you know my guess is probably uh they'd like to be around each other a little bit right now and you know obviously not allowed to do that at the moment so um just kind of a a very strange um you know facet of this tragedy is is that aspect uh you know the the story of of Beekman's death um you know in a lot of ways would have been you know kind of the the center of really everything that was going on you know sports wise in the WSU world um and and right now the you know most people just aren't paying much attention to sports or thinking much about sports um you know, I'll, I'll fully admit right away that, that this, um, you know, slipped off my radar pretty quickly. Um, not that I wasn't, you know, uh, feeling a certain way about it or anything like that, but, um, you know, with everything that's going on with, uh, you know, obviously with the virus and, and, and being at home and, um, just kind of worrying about maybe what that's going to be like, um, you know, it's, it, it, it maybe was a little too easy for it to, to sort of slide to the side. Um, 
And, and, you know, that's a shame because, you know, he's, he was obviously a young man who was, who was well-liked by his teammates. Uh, Theo Lawson wrote a nice story just, you mm-hmm. know, with people talking about how he always had a smile and he was always greeting people. And, you know, something I didn't know was that, um, the football was maybe not his primary objective originally. Um, you know, he was, you know, going to go to a school for academics and, you know, was, was encouraged to pursue football and that's how he ended up at a junior college. I think, you know, the assumption is always, you know, someone goes to a junior college and it's because their academics aren't in order. I mean, we've all seen last chance you, right. Um, and, and that doesn't seem to have been the case with Beekman. So, um, you know, it's interesting the things you learn about a guy when, uh, you know, only after something awful has happened, but, um, you know, he seemed like a really, uh, a really genuine person, uh, a guy who was well-liked and well-loved by his teammates. And, um, not that any young death, uh, isn't a tragedy, but in this case, uh, you know, it, it seems like he really did have kind of everything going for him and, and everything in front of him. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Theo's story. Uh, what stuck out to me was, um, you talking about academics, uh, how, you know, he would, uh, Aesop Winston would talk about how he basically they had the classes that were on opposite sides of the uh, mm-hmm. opposite sides of the um, campus which we've all had I think at least once um, yep uh, so we know that you know when you got five or ten minutes to walk across the entire campus that's not easy um, but they're talking about how he would he would he would rush to do it because he didn't want to miss class and uh, that's just not you know that's not the stereotype of a football player let's be honest um um and then uh you know the talking about him blaring his music and uh which is uh you know i i i think that you know that's that's a that's like a quintessential college thing you know you just walk around and someone's just doing their own thing and um probably makes it a a a more atmosphere a better atmosphere overall but just to have someone you know playing their music and um it sounded like he he didn't really care if he was uh if, if, if people are giving him looks, he just turn it up louder is what they said. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. Obviously I, I didn't know one, uh, I, I probably didn't know one single personal fact about, uh, Bryce, uh, before he passed, um, which is unfortunate, you know, he was just, uh, you know, if, if you had to say something about him, you'd be like, he's a Juco safety from Louisiana. And that's, um, that's what you know about him. Like, you know, I didn't even know about his brother, going to play for Tony Bennett until after he passed. So, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's really unfortunate. Um, uh, it makes you think about all the kid. you know, it really makes you think about all the kids on the team and how they're all individuals and, and, and with their own stories and, and, uh, how sometimes we kind of, uh, just view them as, uh, the football player, um, and view them, you know, with how many tackles and, how many interceptions and, and, and things like that when um, obviously their teammates and their family look at them uh, a lot differently. Yep. I, uh, it, it's, it's a shame that it takes this happening for us to learn, you know, really learn some things about him. Um, definitely probably, I assume part of that was that, you know, his unit was, uh, did not perform <laughs> real well on the football field last year. And, uh, you know, as, as, you know, maybe sometimes we need a reminder that, uh, that the, the people who, who play on the field, uh, are, are real people. Right. And, uh, and not that we ever totally forget, but sometimes that, uh, that comes into really, you know, clear view and, and something like this sort of reminds you that, um, 
you know, what a, you know, an interesting person is, is playing back there. And, and I know that, um, you know, you and I, I think kind of had the same thought uh, after we found out about the news and we had just recorded the episode, we kind of wished we had, we had hyped up his interception against Oregon state a little bit more right. <laughs> as we were, yeah. as we were watching, uh, watching the Oregon state game. Cause that was, that was a pretty big play as it turned out, um, in that game when we needed, you know, every single point we could get. So, um, you know, I know he, uh, you know, would have played a, a pretty big, uh, pretty big role on, on the team in the fall. Um, I know he would have, you know, been a pretty huge factor and, um, you know, it's just sad and disappointing, uh, that he's going to go. I know that it's really hard not know, not having any answers as to what happened. I know that, uh, you know, I think you and I went, went to the same place right away when we heard about, and I, as I imagine probably a lot of fans did, um, just kind of thinking about, um, you know, Tyler and, and suicide and wondering if, if that had happened again. Um, it does not seem to have happened again. Um, they, they didn't see, you know, the police did said they didn't see any signs of, of that sort of thing. Um, uh, but it won't, uh, they won't be able to make any kind of official determination for a couple of months. Cause it takes that amount of time to get toxicology reports back. Um, I think, you know, people who are used to watching uh, law and order SVU or CSI right. <laughs> kind of expect those things to be done really fast. Um, doesn't happen that way in the real world. Takes quite a bit of time to, to figure out what was going on and, um, so, you know, for, for whatever that's worth, I don't, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, neither here nor there, but, um, I do know that, that my first thought was, man, if, if that was what happened again, um, to some of the guys on that team to have to go through that twice, um, you know, I was, I was thankful that that was not at least immediately, um, you know, not, not immediately an option. So, yeah, yeah, but it, it whether it's, uh, you know, the cause of death, uh, whether it, um, whatever it is, it's still, they, you know, they, they lost a teammate again. They lost yep. a friend again. Yep. And, and like you said, again, there's, there's a family far, far away that, that lost a, a son and a brother. Um, and I, I, we, we, obviously you, you know, the Holinskis very well and, and, um, they've talked about it a lot too. Just, um, and I, I think it, 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 it carries over somewhat to no matter the, the cause of death, but, uh, just the helplessness of, uh, you know, your, uh, your, uh, your son or daughter being across the country and you uh, have no idea what happened in those last moments of their life and, and, or, you know, what, uh, or even that last week of their life or anything. And, and, uh, all you find, you know, basically, um, you just find out one, you know, early morning that they're, they've passed. And so it's, um, I can't imagine how hard, uh, that, that could be. Um, and then obviously with the players again, uh, yeah, the, these guys have, uh, have definitely went through some, went through some shit in there. Uh, yeah, the guys that are, you know, uh, basically, you know, sophomores that came in early to, to, uh, to, to seniors um now i've lost two teammates and 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 uh it and the athletic department which has been mostly intact in that time too um lost someone and so uh it's yeah it's it's just really shitty man like i um i i uh i'm glad you said that about um uh it kind of falling off the radar faster than it normally would um uh, I, I, I do, th I've been th thinking about that a lot too, particularly when we were 
getting ready to record this because it's been a, a you know several uh, five or six days since it happened at this point and um yeah i was thinking about that earlier today how it wasn't something that i was was crossing my mind constantly i mean obviously i'd see it places but not something i was considering as much as when tyler died and yeah i think just because what's going on in the world and um how it's you know how it impacts your own family and stuff you're we're all a bit distracted um right now and we're all trying to i think be a bit distracted from bad news and um so i think maybe our brains kind of uh protect us a little bit in that way um from from you know taking in too much um because obviously it just feels it feels shitty um to think about and uh and there's there's no there's no good of it you know when someone 22 dies there there's very little uh you know silver lining and you talk it's 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 mostly about what they could have done and, and who they could have been and and obviously we do talk about who he was and that that almost just makes it even sadder um when you talk about um what he had accomplished and and um because then you're you're sit sit left wondering about the, the potential of someone's life and um yeah it's just it's tough and uh obviously in this we're the the world is facing um death in the face right now quite a bit and then we we have a a a death um that happened uh to this kind of wsu family again and i i don't know i'm I'm just gonna keep rambling if you don't um cut me off (laughs) yeah uh i guess a couple a couple last thoughts as we as we wrap it up um one thing is you know i feel on the one hand, uh, it's it really, really, really stinks that the uh, that the coaching staff is is brand new. Um, they don't mm-hmm. know any of these guys, and so you know, providing the the resources to them, um, the the support to them that they're going to need as they work through the death of another teammate. Um, again, for for some of these guys who have been around, you know, it's it's you know, two teammates they've lost. Um, you know, on the one hand, that's that there aren't any established relationships there. That the the coaching staff is is brand new, um, does make things more difficult. However, uh, I I do feel like Nick Rolovich is a good person to lead this. Um, yes. That's not you know that that's that's not uh, an aspersion on Leach or anything like that. It's just if if we had to have a new coach. Um, and, and that new coach had to lead a team through something like this. Um, Rolovich seems to be a guy who, who, who can do that. Um, you know, I've, I've joked a little bit on, on Twitter and on our Slack that, you know, Nick Rolovich might be, uh, I'm not convinced that Nick Rolovich is actually real, that he might actually be just, you know, some kind of method actor who's trying to be like the perfect representation of a Wazoo coach. Um, but you know, with sort of everything that's happened, uh, you know, with, with, you know, with the virus and shutting things down and, and, you know, the, he's just had the proper response to everything at every point, um, you know, with the virus where, where a lot of coaches might be, uh, tempted to be a little bit myopic about their world. Uh, he has said, you know, this, this isn't, you know, losing football practices is not a big deal. Like we just need to keep people safe and healthy and happy. Right. And, and then he's of course trotting around Pullman, you know, buying pizzas and whatever for people. Um, so, so that gives me a lot of a, a lot of faith that 
when when it comes time to put the pieces together here for the football team, um, you know, he's going to be able to do it right. I mean, he, you know, from from the time that he showed up, he was preaching family. I know that that was, uh, you know, that that that's 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 a real strong ethos of the islands uh, where he spent, you know, so much of his life, mm-hmm. um, and so so I have a lot of faith that that he'll be able to to kind of pick this up and and put it back together, and um, you know, not not that necessarily he's going to be able to turn into a winning season next year because I don't think that's neither here nor there nor you know related, but um, in terms of the mental well being of the players, uh, which is sort of the thing that's foremost on my mind right now um i think that he will be excellent uh at supporting them in in whatever way a football coach can support them and um you know hopefully wsu has has has, you know mobilized those things and and i mean let's be honest you know this is a this is a time when mental health can can get pretty fragile for some people um you know the the weight of of the whole specter of the coronavirus um, can weigh pretty heavily on people. Um, I, I know I myself. I find myself mentally drained. I mean, I went to Costco tonight, and by the end of that, I was mentally exhausted as I'm like looking around and making sure to steer clear of people, yep. and yep. Um, even just like the fact that I went to Costco and it was practically empty, um, and yet. that that in and of itself was causing me some mental strain like this is just so like everything is so unusual and so weird um and and i worry especially about you know people who might be alone in this time uh you know just kind Mm -hmm. of hold up in their apartment or whatever by themselves um as they socially distance from other people um i guess I, i just can't say this loudly enough you know if you um you know, if you need to talk to someone or you're feeling a certain way, man, reach out and talk to someone. Um, and, and I know uh, Craig and I will both <laughs> throw this out there. Like, please, if you have nobody else to talk to, talk to one of us. Hit me up on Twitter, uh, Center at gmail.com, podcast versus everyone at gmail.com, at the Craig Powers. I, I promise you uh, we will be a listening ear for anybody who, who might need it, might be feeling um, a little bit down during this time because this is heavy, man. It's heavy and it's scary, and um, you know, it's uh, it it can take a real toll on your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, on top of that, our our our, our players, our team, and and uh, Bryce's family have to um, deal with the loss of a loved one. So, which I I know, um, hopefully not too many of us, but obviously some of us already have, and and probably many of us more will have to deal with in the, in the coming months. But, um, yeah, um, I, I think maybe we can, um, maybe just, um, take a little moment here and, uh, then we'll take a break. Um, I, I know you're not going to want a, uh, an ad blasted in your ear. But so, one's coming anyway. But, but one's coming. We're sorry. Um, but yeah, um, Base, uh, we'll take a break and uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Bryce Beekman, twenty-two. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, 
Just go to cars.com. It's magical. And we're back. We're back. Okay, so uh, that was rough. Uh, we actually had to do it three times um, <laughs> because of some technical issues. Um, yeah. We, it's it's a tough time, as, as Jeff was talking about. Um, if, if you'll kind of forgive us, we're going to try to keep it lighter the rest of the podcast. Uh, we're not, it's not out of disrespect for Bryce or anything. It's, it's more of just, um, I, I don't think anyone wants to listen to us, uh, drone on about that for another hour. So, um, please forgive us. Um, if you don't want to hear us, um, laugh and joke again feel free to um, turn it off now um i you know i wouldn't blame you um but but uh we're just gonna kind of go on and, and do our normal podcast now um because uh i don't know about you jeff but that uh that was that's it's just uh getting a little heavy on me now it is getting a little heavy uh beer typically lightens the mood a little bit yeah for for those of us that are fortunate enough for it to do that um yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what are you uh, What are you drinking tonight? Well, I stopped by my favorite my favorite tap room that I've mentioned many times on the podcast, Rainier Growlers, out here in Puyallup. Um, picked up a few uh, a few growler fills, crowler crowler fills. Um, so tonight, I am drinking a beer from a brewery that I have never had beer from before. I'm sure you have. Uh, it's from Ruse Brewing. Yep. 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 So this is uh, the Endless Skies IPA, and uh, it is, I don't quite know how to describe it, as uh, as everybody who listens to this podcast knows, I'm not always great at describing uh, the flavors of my beer, but I will say this, um, this is a really interesting and unique, uh, unique beer, it's just got a really different kind of, uh, kind of flavor to it, and it's really, really good, so... I wish I wish I had better words, but I do highly recommend it. An IPA, you said it. It is, and it's not uh, hazy. Not hazy. Nice clean. Not hazy. One. Yeah. Um, I'm also drinking a clean IPA, a, a West Coast IPA, if you will. Um, there we go. I feel like they're slowly and surely making a comeback, and I'm sort of welcoming it at this point. Um, it's nice to mix in. Uh, the different styles of IPA, it, it seems like we were getting overloaded with hazies. And I've kind of been reminded lately that I do like the, I, you know, they were like one of my first loves in craft beer. And now I'm back to liking the clean IPAs again. Um, but this one is called You Should Smile More. Um, it is a, is brewed at Rubens, but it's a Ballard Boots collaboration. Um, what that references is the Pink Boots coll- Pink Boots Society, which is a, um, uh, it's a, it's a nonprofit basically supporting women in uh, craft beer, and women in beer in general. But um, obviously, the craft beer is is a big part of it. Um, just because, obviously, uh, if you've just been around craft beer, obviously it's a very male dominated um, thing. And and I, I know in talking to uh, female friends who are either bartenders or brewers or 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 just beer nerds like me, um, they just, uh, it's, it's a whole different experience for them based on the way that they are treated by the patrons, by the, the people running the industry, um, all that. 
Um, and I, I really thought the You Should Smile More name was uh, was a great name. And it's just got all these little memes of That's non-smiling, hilarious. non-smiling memes all over the can. Um, yeah, so it's it's a... Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a cool, um, pink boot society is a, is a cool thing. Um, obviously, uh, um, I, I, I know I've been talking to a lot of, uh, friends that just at times feel pretty isolated if they're a woman at a, you know, working at a craft beer shop or working at a brewery or, you know, I, I have so many beer nerd friends where, um, you know, they're, they're in a relationship and, uh, the woman is the huge beer nerd. And, and the guy is just on, you know, the one that's being forced to come to the, to the brewery so that the, she can get two extra bottles or whatever, you know, and, but it's always, um, the assumption that the, that the wife is along with to get the extra bottles or whatever. And, and, uh, or it's always these, you know, you, you see it and I'm guilty of it. I've been in, in the past as well. So, you know, when you're talking about the beers, you automatically draw yourself to the man and the relationship and not the woman. And, and often it's either, you know, like I've, I've got, you know, a couple friends that are both really into beer, like a man and a woman. And then uh, I have friends where it's the, just the guy and the, you know, just basically like me where it's, I'm really into beer and, and Amanda isn't, <laughs> but uh, she's, well, she likes the beer, but she doesn't care about it beyond that. Um, and then uh, you, you have it where the, it's actually the other way around where the women, and obviously that, that um, the tendency is to just um, assume my situation is everyone's situation. And, but uh, so that's, you know, what they deal with and, and bartenders just, uh, um, you know, getting a, a different sort of vibe from um, than, a, than a male bartender would get. Um, and then brewers, uh, uh, um, there, there's, there's few, um, uh, female brewers, uh, it is on the rise, but, uh, cause there, there have been some highlighting, um, successful, successful female brewers. Uh, one was, um, I can't remember her name, but, um, one, one of the prominent ones was, uh, the head brewer at Jester King for a while before she left. But, um, so it, I, I think you're seeing more and more women. Cause I, I know just from, being in this hobby there are plenty of women um that are um interested in it and they just uh often don't feel like that they have a place and so that's what pink boots is about let me get off my soapbox now and then uh so but i think <laughs> you should smile more is just the real snarky type of uh well it's you should and uh the official name is you should in parentheses then smile more um uh but so uh it's it's, it's a west coast clean ipa um, very classic in, in execution. It's got the nice bitterness. It's got some pine on the, on the nose and, and on the, on, on the, on the palate. So, um, it's, it, it kind of reminds me of some of those first, uh, IPAs that you, you dealt with for when they started, you know, those West coast IPAs. So it's pretty damn tasty. Um, good job. So here, I'll read. So it's Rubens in collaboration with Ballard Breweries, Bad Jimmy's, Fair Isle, Hales, Lagunitas, Lucky Envelope, Maritime Pacific, Obec, Peddler, Populux, Stoop, and Urban Family. So whenever wow. there's that, whenever there's that big of a collaboration day, it just meant they all spent the day drinking and like one person did the work. <laughs> so it's like that's the secret. We yep. all got in a room together and had beer and threw all our names on it. Yep. 
pretty I much. love that. When there's That's that funny. Picture. I like I did not put the when you said you when you said it's you should smile more, I did not initially put together uh what that was in reference to. So that's hilarious. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Pretty clever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty tasty. But yeah, that's the, uh, the beer for this week. Uh, man, um, not a lot of, uh, obviously other, uh, WSU athletic stuff to talk about as, um, no one is playing sports right now. Um, anywhere, uh, in the U S at, at all. least. Yeah. At all. Just on um, my uh, just on my Nintendo Switch, where I'm playing FIFA like a madman right now. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I have been watching all sorts of old games, which I've quite enjoyed. Um, I did watch the '97 Apple Cup today. Yeah. Um, just because I want to get, you know. Um, so we'll we'll see. So, thankfully, that finally prevailed and won uh, the. Um, Nick Rolovich's March Madness uh, of Best Cougar Games Tournament. Um, I, I, I think the final four was pretty good in that, but uh, uh, so there were some upsets along the way that were kind of uh, crazy. But, um, uh, but yeah, it, it, the final pitted the 97 uh, Apple Cup versus 92 Snowball uh, Apple Cup as well. Um, no surprises, two Apple Cups uh, are in there. Um, but it was kind of funny to me. I, there was probably a few too many votes for the 92 snowball than, than there should have been in my opinion, but thankfully, uh, shouldn't have um, been any, it should have been hundred percent to zero percent. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. people. Sorry. I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, for me, the, the, the one that I've experienced as a Coog in person or as a Coog would, would be, um, the game day game. But, uh, I mean, uh, you can't like, so I, my only memory of the 97 Apple cup, but when I, when it happened was, I remember, I remember seeing, I remember the end, I remember watching with my dad watching the end. And I, what I mostly remember is there's still being time on the clock and WSU is celebrating. And I was real. I was like, what? And I wasn't a cougar. I mean, I probably was more of a Husky fan because they were on TV more, but I wasn't a cougar. I wasn't rooting for either team in the game. I, I thought it was cool that WSU was winning and going to the Rose Bowl. That's, you know, as just a kid from the state, I thought that was cool. Um, but I remember thinking um, when there was still time on the clock and they were celebrating and I was just getting, I was getting <laughs> nervous for them. So I think I was, I think I was destined to be a cougar at that point. Yeah. Um, cause even I watched the game today and, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of celebrating, um, when it's 41, 28 and UW, you know, scores with like six seconds left or whatever it is. Right. Um, and then you just see like Mike Price's like demeanor change, like, Oh, some, like, like every good football coach right. always thinking about how the worst possible thing can still happen. Well, and, uh, and not any not any old football coach, the football coach at Washington State. Let's just be real about that. Yeah. And so yeah, so I was like <laughs> I was like, yep, that's the feeling um that I remember. But then you know what is a cool thing is I did not experience this as a coog in person, but man when 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 that game was over and you see all the coogs rushing Husky Stadium and all the coogs celebrating going to the Rose Bowl. I was getting, dude, I was getting tears in my eyes. Like, and so even as me who did not experience that from a first person as a Coug, like still, if you are a Coug, you should watch it and, and you should 
listen to these podcasts this week from Kook Center Hour um, uh, because it's 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 an incredible game to cap you know not cap but uh, to be uh, as part of a you know and like the most incredible season and I'll let you talk Jeff because. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, as, as I made clear on the, uh, on the Coug Center Hour, part of that mega cast with Kyle Sherwood and PJ Kendall and Scott Cresswell. Um, yeah, that game was, was really the, one of the great days of my life, which <laughs> sounds super, uh, super overdramatic, but, uh, but I don't, I really don't know any other way to describe it, to be honest. Um, you know, everything that you said about, you know, you sort of welling up with emotion, seeing all the, you know, all the Cougars streaming onto the field. Um, I was out there, so I, you know, I remember all that. I, I still sort of feel all that. Um, you know, the, the, the joy of, of the players and of Mike Price and uh, just, you know, just the experience of it all. I, I was just glad that 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 eventually won the, the Cougar Madness bracket because I was I was getting worried there for a little while. Um, I mean, first of all, OK, so the, the 97 Apple Cup was the number four seed. Um, if, if I'm looking at the bracket here, the, the Apple Cup was a number four seed and it had to start off against its own Rose Bowl game so the apple cup against the rose bowl for a first round matchup which is is sort of like that uh you know that death matchup in the ncaa tournament where it's sort of like mid-major on mid-major violence or something like that you know basically you yeah, get the heavyweight like a, matchup like right away. um so it won that and then it had to face the 2012 apple cup which somehow beat the 1988 at UCLA game, which was that was the, the the great travesty of the tournament. Yeah, it's like okay, so I was not a coog in 1988. I was 11 years old. I was you know a a loud and stupid husky fan, and even I am like that's insane to not vote for that 1988 game. I mean that's they went to UCLA. They played the number one team in the country and beat them. Like that's. That's a big damn deal. Um, Troy Aikman. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, and so anyway, so, and it actually wasn't even that close, right? Like, I, they don't right. have the percentages up here on the, uh, on the, on the bracket, but, but my recollection is that it wasn't that close. It was like fifty-two percent or fifty-three percent, which of course sounds really close, but, but isn't actually that close. Um, and so, you know, the 2012 Apple Cup won there. So I was, I was a little, I was, I was sweating a little bit that the 97 Apple Cup might be, might have a little bit of a tough time against the 2012 Apple Cup, given what happened the previous round. But apparently, uh, people, people knew enough there. And then, uh, and then the 97 Apple Cup also had to take on the uh, 2018 game day game against Oregon, yeah. which hell of a um, bracket it went through. Yeah, <laughs> which was the number one overall seed. I, I might take umbrage with that to begin with, but that's okay. Um, so defeated that. And then of course went on to defeat the snowball in the championship. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know that there are any other games that I would consider a, a, a travesty in here. Um, but you know, I do think that, uh, I do think if I could say this, I, I think it was a really cool concept, uh, not just for fans, but if, if I could, um, you know, project a little bit onto, onto, uh, our new coach Rolovich. Uh, I do think that he used this as an opportunity to sort of number one, connect with fans, which, you know, we know he likes to do. 
But I think also like um, he one thing he has appeared really invested in is learning about the environment and the culture at Washington State. And I, I honestly think he used this as a vehicle to kind of learn some history about the program, learn some of the more. Uh, learn about what's you know significant, important to fans, um, and just kind of learn about some of these games. And I'm sure he was able to you know watch video of these games. Is you know he's not doesn't have a whole lot else to do right now, um, and and kind of learn learn some things about about the history of the program. So um, you know this isn't a situation where you know Mike Leach came in and and needed to really clean house and start over and wanted to establish his own culture and really had no use for the history of the program. Um, I think Rolovich is, is, is pretty invested in the idea of, Hey, this is a place with history and we want to connect with that history. Yeah. And I, I think what he hopefully took away is that, um, uh, Coug fans are thirsty for some apple cups. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. Oh my God. But by, by the he way, took looked, nothing else away from it, that yeah. is the lesson. Yeah. Two apple cups. Beat Washington, you're a hero forever. Yeah, so it's so um I found the the uh the Twitter poll results. Uh two thousand twelve Apple Cup, uh fifty one point seven percent on twenty two thousand one hundred and ninety nine votes. So you can do the math. They had a lot more votes than so the the previous day was two thousand two USC versus 2003 at Oregon and the 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 uh the Apple Cup UCLA matchup had a, a 1010 more votes in it than uh that other one so it was definitely a, a popular a contested one um I think it got shared a lot more people were getting a little riled up but still the uh and it's the, right in that Apple wheelhouse of Twitter users right the 2012 and oh, yeah. you know if you're of a certain age you're you're kind of right in that area so Oh, I think another one that some people um, um, some people weren't too happy about, which I, I don't really – I mean, obviously, I, I was at one, and uh, the other one was the year before I went to WSU, was uh, 2017 USC crushed 2002 USC. Yeah. Which, which uh, one, one was vital in sending WSU to a Rose Bowl, and the other was really fun. So I don't <laughs> – Yeah. Yeah, that one – I could see that. I mean, I don't know about crushed, but but I could see that one where it's like, again, you know, recency plays into all of this, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 2002 USC game, though, that was a pretty bananas game, though. It just it didn't you know, it, it didn't have quite the same hype that, you know, going into it, maybe that this one did, even though even though and, and I know somebody's listening to this going like, yeah, but both teams were, you know, ragged. WSU was whatever. OK, yes, all of that is true. Um, however, the media environment that we live in today versus the media environment, then not even remotely the same. Um, and so the, the way that that one, the 2017 USC was hyped up, um, and the whole, the Friday night game and all that stuff, uh, it, it was a pretty big game. So I could see where people would, would, uh, you know, go for that over maybe 2002 USC. And again, uh, you have to be of a certain age to, to remember the 2002 USC game, which, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of makes me laugh. Cause that was after I got out of college and it was almost 20 years ago. So yeah. oops, oops, I'm old. It's yeah. okay. One, another thing. So the 97 apple cup went up against the 2012 apple cup and 26.7% of people voted for the 2012 Apple Cup. Yeah. Losers. 
All of the, them. I th- maybe some Huskies infiltrated the boat. Maybe. That's possible. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. Nick Rolovich's Hawaii followers were like, ah, 2012 sounds good. <laughs> Could have been. But, yeah, this was it was a cool deal. I'm glad he did it and, yeah. uh, you know, kind of gave people a chance to, you know, reminisce and, and engage with the coach a little bit. And, uh, like I said, I, I'm sure it gave him an opportunity to learn some things about our fans and about what's what, what actually matters to us. Um, and you know, learn some things about some of the great teams and players in the, in the program's history. Right. Um, hopefully we'll be, you know, I know that, um, you know, again, Mike, uh, Mike Leach didn't really have a whole lot of use for, for people in the past, but, um, and again, that's not, that's not a criticism. That's, that's just, that's who he is. That's his personality. And that's, that's part of what it took to reshape the culture, right? I mean, he had to sort of leave everything in the dust and, and forge, you know, forge ahead with, with his vision for the program, um, but I think the program's in a place now where, yeah, you can, you can sort of comfortably look back and maybe we can finally do something that we should have done all along, which is rename something after Mike price. Cause, cause that has to happen. Like, like, I don't know what, I don't know. I, I, I think the easy thing is, you know, Mike price field at Martin stadium or something like that. Um, but we got it. We got to do something for that guy. Cause that's the idea that we have not. Um, really honored him in any kind of really meaningful or permanent way uh, is sort of insane. Uh, he took us to two Rose Bowls, uh, you know, led led the led the school to the the greatest pro, what what is still the greatest season in program history. Um, really goes down as one of the great uh, offensive minds, offensive innovators uh, in you know college football college history. Football, like I don't I don't there's not really um, any way to like, like sugarcoat that. Like that's, that's what he was and that's yeah. what he is. Um, he, he was a great uh, spread offense innovator, the, the single back spread offense. So um, yeah, I, I, I hope this paves the way maybe for him to get his due a little bit and, and not that, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know Mike Leach well enough to know all of the reasons why, um, you know, he, he sort of didn't really want, he, he kind of wanted to keep the past at, at arm's length, but, um, you know, Rolovich definitely seems like a guy who would, uh, not be, uh, not feel intimidated or, or maybe put in a shadow or anything like that by bringing in some of these personalities, um, a little bit closer to the program. So, um, you know, again, I look forward to the day that we can, we can honor Mike price for, for the, for the accomplishments for putting together, um, again, the 97 season, the 2002 season, and, and really being the architect of, you know, the 2003 season, which of course was Bill Doba's, uh, first season as head coach, but, uh, but was, you know, again, Mike price was, was sort of the architect of all that. So, um, yeah, we need, we need to honor that guy. Maybe we need to start, start a campaign at Coug Center. Maybe that's how we could use our you know all of our time off right now yeah um yeah it's uh and i think um to add one little th- point to that is um pat chun would be probably you know he seems to be um uh he he, he values uh the the past and what has happened in the past where where wsu has been successful in the past so i mean if, if it's ever going to happen right <laughs> yeah um but yeah um yeah, uh, Mike Price, uh, Mike Price, uh, beer, uh, stand, uh, be fine with me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> just so that they have beer on the Mike, concourse would be great. Mike Price something. Yeah. 
yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm glad I, uh, it was, it was really cause you guys, uh, did that po- those podcasts this week and I'm excited to listen to the second. It was one. so um, much fun. Like, yeah, I can't even I, tell you how much fun that was. If was, people who are listening to this, uh, please te- go listen tell. to those. You guys can tell. I mean, I could tell that you guys were having a blast and Michael does a great job, um, playing the, you know, playing the kind of, uh, the, uh, the moderator and, yeah. uh, which Michael is a, was awesome. A very, um, if, if anyone's ever tried to moderate a panel or anything, it's an incredibly difficult thing to do and keep a, a flow of conversation going. And, uh, he, he did a great job with that. Um, so yeah, highly recommend, uh, the first episode came out on Monday. Um, it's a two parter cause it took three hours to talk about, well, the second part <laughs> is only about the Apple Cup. Two games Bowl, so. about the Apple Cup and the Rose Bowl. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear that one. Um, I, I, I sat on my couch and listened to it, you know, <laughs> that's how we listen to podcasts these days. Uh, yeah. Cause nobody's driving anywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So it, although I did, uh, I drove up to Seattle, um, uh, today. Uh, how cause, dare you? Cause, uh, Fremont did an on online release of their bar barrel aged barley wine. Um, it always follows their thousandth batch of brew 1000, brew 2000, brew 3000. And this one was brew 4000. They basically just dropped it on us. Like suddenly, um, I barely got in. I think I was one of the last people to get a, a slot. And, uh, so they, they had some pickup, like you could do either wait till later, but that was sold out or you could just pick a slot to come in and get the beer. Cause they didn't want everyone coming in to get the beer all at once, obviously. So, um, I had, I had, uh, had a slot this evening or this early, early evening to go, um, up to Seattle. So that's where I was able to stop by fair isle brewing and get some of this. You should smile more. Um, but I was able to listen to some podcasts then. So that was nice. It was nice to be back in the podcast groove. Um, but yeah, um, what else, man, what else is there? What else is there in the world? Well, let's see. Uh, Schools are going to have quite the dilemma on their hands with their spring seniors who have been granted an extra year of eligibility by the NCAA. Yep. Um, that's that's going to be because when – okay, so when all this whole thing went down and, and all these, you know, baseball players and track athletes and, you know, all those people, uh, you know, basically had their season wiped out after a month um, – Everybody went, oh, they should get another season of eligibility, which now they have, which is great, except uh, that creates some accounting, (laughs) accounting issues. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously um, uh, teams have limits on the scholarships they can give uh, and, and the spring sports especially are, you know, it's not like, uh, there's far fewer than in football and in basketball. Um, for example, in baseball, um, for that whole team, I think it's like 12 and a half or something scholarships. Like it's not, it's, I I may be totally off on that, but it's, it's not like there's 25 baseball players and they have 25 scholarships or whatever. So it becomes even more difficult because you got kids that have partial scholarships. You have kids that have, you know, you have your prime players that have full scholarships. Um, and then you, you, um, uh, you have other sports where they have similar, um, you know, uh, limits on scholarships. So it's, uh, 
Um, so uh, cross country, uh, uh, I don't know. Is cross country a fall sport though? I, I, I don't even know. The yes. track ones are hard. Yeah. Yes. I, I believe that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let me find baseball is 11.7. So, yep. uh, yeah, it's not, so you think of how, how big a baseball team is. Basketball has 13 baseball is 11.7. Um, what else is in the fall? Do you got, uh, or in the spring, uh, track and field yep so track and then uh golf golf's kind of weird because i I think golf splits seasons because of the Mm -hmm. because of the weather but um but i think that may be spring so yeah i think it would qualify because you know they're losing half their season or whatever right so so that's another one um i'm not sure let me look hold on hold on this makes for great radio right here as I wait for the uh, WSU website to load up. Um, well, WSU has very few sports, as we know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, tennis was in the fall, I think, or winter. No, wait. Yep. Yes? Yes, no, tennis, tennis was in tennis the fall. Tennis is in the fall. Tennis yeah, yeah, sports. tennis was in the fall. Uh, rowing was in the fall. So I think, yeah, I think it's mostly track. And golf, golf and baseball. And baseball. Yeah, because we I don't think. have softball. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's it. But yeah, I mean it's it's gonna create, you know, it's gonna create a real situation. So part of the part of the ruling was okay, yes, you can you know, seniors can have an extra year of eligibility, but you know, they there hasn't been any adjustment at all to the number of scholarships that you're allowed to give out. So there's going to be some seniors where it's going to be like, yeah, you're welcome to come back, but you don't have a scholarship. And plus you have a lot of schools on the lower levels that wouldn't be able to afford to yeah. offer the extra scholarships. Anyway. Correct. And I'm sure that's why they did it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there will be, you know, some accounting that takes place, um, you know, with, you know, programs a lot of times have people who, you know, either players who don't show up or whatever in the fall and, you know, that creates an open scholarship, but, um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a little weird. It's going to be a little bit of a crunch and they're going to be, there are going to be some hard feelings out of this deal. There are going to be some coaches saying, okay, well, yeah, you're welcome back, but I don't have a scholarship for you because I've promised it to, you know, so-and-so. So, um, it's going to be rough. It's not fair, but, um, as, as much as, as callous as this sounds, um, you know, as I tell my students, life ain't fair. And that sounds horrible, but it's true. Um, you know, it wasn't fair when my kid got cancer. It's not fair when you don't get your senior year, but, you know, that's life. You yeah. know, stuff happens, and, and I know that sounds terrible and very cold and, like I said, very callous, but but that's the truth. And it sucks, and we wish everything could be fair. And, you know, yes, the NCAA does have the ability to say, hey, let's let's, you know, give you a temporary waiver for – um, for extra scholarships, but you know, as we know, the NCAA is not you know as interested in student athlete welfare as it claims to be, and so that's that's going to be the deal. Um, probably some programs are going to be able to get a little bit creative, maybe with uh, you know with academic scholarships, maybe like the Ivy League does or something like that. But yeah. but it's it's yeah, it's there's going to be some hard feelings here where people are going to be there's going to be more people with scholarships. Uh, 
and less with uh, or, or more people wanting scholarships than there are scholarships. And um, that's going to go across all of the NCAA. W- what I am interested in, maybe we'll see, um, you know, I, I wonder if they'll be treated you know, as grad transfers for that purpose. I haven't seen that. Is that, was that in there? Do you know? Uh, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't recall. But, okay. Um, yeah. I, that's, that's the one thing I'm sort of curious about. Cause that may be, that may be a way for some of those people to, you know, continue to stay on scholarship and move. Not, not that people necessarily want to move to a new school. Um, but you know, that may be an opportunity to, uh, to do that. And, um, or maybe maybe it's much ado about nothing too, because you know you mentioned that baseball you know uses partial scholarships, and you know maybe a lot of those seniors only had a small partial scholarship to begin with, and so you know becoming a full walk on maybe isn't that big of a shift. So yeah, it's yeah, tough and, to say. And, and one thing to to point out is that if the if the senior maybe had a twenty five percent scholarship, um, they can't decide that like they can't convince him to come back by giving him more than that or they can't give you can only get the same level of scholarship that you were getting the year before which is an interesting um um an interesting add-on because we see walk-ons in like basketball and football get awarded scholarships um so would that mean a senior walk-on um maybe couldn't be awarded or does it not matter because they weren't on scholarship to begin with? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Really? Um, so, um, I don't know if that happens as much in, uh, but obviously in, in baseball, um, and other sports, you have more walk-ons. Um, it seems there's more opportunity, um, for, uh, someone to earn a scholarship, but maybe, it's just not something that gets publicized as much because they're not, you know, they're not as the popular sports or, you know, the, the, the televised sports and things like that. But, um, um, yeah, it's, uh, um, it's, uh, probably going to be easier math for WSU than some other schools because WSU has, uh, pretty much the bare minimum of spring sports as you can have. Um, I guess Oregon didn't have baseball for a long time and, but, uh, but they do now. Um, but WC doesn't have softball, which would be another uh, big one. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it, it, you know, it's it's what you say the right thing to do, right? And but that doesn't mean it's easy. Like it's yeah, sure, give them give them the year back, whatever. It doesn't mean you're going to get it back. Uh, I, I think the NCA was just under a lot of you know and. I think we're seeing them more and more um, in the era of Twitter uh, fall, like kind of uh, fall into the pressures of what people are saying. Um, and there was definitely a very big groundswell of, of support for um, not even just giving the spring sports who had their entire season canceled almost, you know, like maybe they would have played, you know, the baseball team played 10 games or, you know, whatever, 50, whatever. they played a few series and, um, it, but but there was some people even saying that the like basketball should get another chance uh, um, because uh, you know they didn't get to finish their season in the tournament or whatever. Um, what do you think about that? Say that again. Sorry, I was looking at something trying to. I was trying to figure out if they were going to allow free transfers. Oh, what what was the question man. again? I know oh, Jeff wasn't man. listening. Oh, it's man. a classic. Jeff wasn't listening. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, there was uh, there there was not only this groundswell of support for um, you know s- spring 
athletes getting that that, that year of eligibility back. But right. there was even as far as much as people advocating for winter athletes. Yeah, that was that crap. Back. That was crap. Yeah. yeah, no, that that was a bad idea. That you know, again, life ain't fair. Things suck sometimes. Uh, you know, and I know that. I mean. I have the perspective of, of a 43 year old man. So that's, that's a little bit different than a 20, whatever year old student. Um, so obviously take a, you know, for whatever that's worth, but, um, I, yeah, there was no sympathy for me whatsoever in, you know, no, there was no fiber in me that was like, you know, really we should give Jeff Pollard, you know, an eighth year of eligibility. Like that wasn't, that wasn't something that ever crossed my mind. It does suck. It sucks. It's unfortunate. Um, but there were lots of winter athletes whose seasons were already over, you yeah. know? So what are you going to do? You're going to let them play another year. I mean, it just, it didn't make a lot of sense. And, um, yeah, I feel like if your team is still technically alive and whatever their tournament is, then, then, then you're, then you're allowed to come back for an entire right. season. Right. <laughs> right. And I mean, and that's, and, and, and by the way, that's assuming they all want to come back. Right. Right. I mean, that's, you know, and I think that's the part that, um, that fans sometimes miss out on. There are a lot of players that choose to not continue. Um, you know, you see this in football all the time, especially football's football is the biggest one because it just demands the most out of the players. But, you know, every year, every year in the spring and then every year in the fall, um, there's, there's a, a look at the roster, right? Coog fan does these religiously where they look at the roster and who's not on the roster, right? Who, right. who was on the team? that's not on the roster anymore. And, and inevitably there's, there's a handful of guys. It's five, six, seven guys every year who were on the roster at the end of the season. They were on the roster in the spring and then fall rolls around and all of a sudden where'd they go? Right. And, and it's just a, it's just a number of guys who just decide it's not worth it anymore. They don't want to keep doing it anymore. They, you know, they, they just have decided that they don't want to do it. Now, most of the time it's guys who are not on full scholarship, um, you know, walk-ons and those guys tend to be the ones that, um, you know, typically decide, okay, it's not worth it to get the shit beat out of me anymore uh, for no scholarship. But being a walk-on's like, being a football walk-on's like the hardest thing in the world because you have to do everything, everything that everybody else does except without the without the scholarship. Um, and so, you know, some of those guys just decide they can't do it anymore. And sometimes scholarship guys decide that too. They just decide, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've had enough. I can't, can't really do the same more. So, um, I think there's this assumption that everybody wants to come back and, and work really, really hard for another year and they don't want to get on with their life. That's uh, not always the case for a lot of people. I mean, if you said to Jeff Pollard, right after everything that's gone on, you know, okay, we're going to give you another year of eligibility. You want to come back, play another year of basketball? I mean, he'd probably say yes, but I'll bet it wouldn't be automatic. You know, I'll bet he wouldn't go, oh, yeah, for sure. I want to do that. Like he would think all the weightlifting sessions and all the training tables and all the video sessions and whatever. Now, he seems like a guy who really would love to have that opportunity to play with his teammates some more. Um, But I'll bet there's a lot of seniors that would go, "Eh." you know, especially ones that don't have any professional future. I mean, listen. After four years at Wazoo, I know for me, like I loved, I loved every minute of my time that I spent in Pullman and I was ready to be done. Like I was ready to get on with the next phase of my life and athletes aren't any different. Like they are people just like the rest of us. And so, 
you know, I think there will probably be, you'll, you'll probably see a lot of these seniors in these spring sports. Um, you know, I'll bet a lot of them do want to come back, but I'll bet there's a lot more than people think that just decide to, you know what, you know, I'm, I've, I've, I've done it. I've been there. I'm not going to play professional baseball. Um, it's, it's just, it's time. Yeah. Um, I, I, It'll be interesting to watch. Um, I'd love to uh, talk about the impact on WSU's baseball team that this has, but honestly, they played like hardly any games, and I don't really know that much about the team because they didn't play very much this year. Um, so it's uh, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know what I'm talking about there. So um, I don't know about you, Jeff. Do you have do you have any thoughts on how this might impact the baseball team? No, <laughs> I mean just beyond. You know, if, if they do get those seniors back, that's probably a net benefit. You know, you combine it with the freshmen that are coming in, that's probably a good thing for the program. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't know that it has um, any huge, you know, material impact on on what Brian Green is doing. But, you know, we'll see. I think, I think uh, what's going to be interesting is, you know, if there are seniors who are going to be drafted, you know, those guys are going to have a little bit of an interesting – um, situation on their hands uh, in terms mm-hmm. of a, de- of a decision, yeah. right? You know, do they, do they come back or do they, they go ahead and head to minor league baseball? So, and, well, and, and prob- yeah, I mean, there's probably some of them that are going to think, uh, you know, if I played a whole season, could I make one more season? Could I maybe get drafted? Baseball is a little bit different of a situation because, um, so many guys get drafted, right? You know, there's 50 rounds or whatever and all the levels of minor league baseball. So, um, you know, I don't know, maybe there'll be some guys who, who decide like, Hey, if I, if I give it one more go, you know, maybe I can, uh, maybe I can wedge my way into a, to a, a minor league career draft selection and, and try to try to do something there. Well, in baseball, it's a little different, you know, um, usually you get drafted and then you're, you, it's, there's not really a delay. You can head to the team and play, yeah. um, but who knows what this year will be like, it, maybe they won't be playing so maybe yeah. that factors into it as well i mean they they may not play any minor league games at all for the rest of the season so yep. yeah yeah who knows so, uh, who knows um yeah man I, I don't know um we're definitely uh not not rich with topics at the moment um we did pretty good though man we went over an hour yeah yeah so i i I, um i uh you know uh we were begging for topics last week i will never do that again um um just to bring it back to the start but uh um it was uh, rough to talk about that at the start um thank you guys for listening um we just you know we had to talk about it um about bryce beekman's passing um thank you for continuing to listen as we just uh screwed around talking about old football games (laughs) again and yeah. We will be doing that some more, I promise you. And uh, if you really love listening to talk about old football games, you definitely should um, check out um, that Kook Center Hour on Monday and then uh, check out our last week's uh, episode where we did a commentary track for the Oregon State game from this year, uh, that 54-53 masterpiece. Um, go ahead, you know, if you're sitting around your house, uh, just, uh, find the stream and, and, and play us over it and you'll get our insights, um, for that, that hour. And just remember that we 
did not know that Bryce Beekman had passed away. When yeah, we were, we're gonna that, have so. to get creative about stuff going forward, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I think we can. I we're hoping to have something really cool. Um, really hoping for that really cool thing. Um, in yeah, the coming weeks. If uh, you liked the interview last week with uh, or two weeks ago with uh, John Andershek. Uh, we may have something we're hoping to have something crossing our fingers to have something super cool like that uh, in the future. So. Yes, that will be one of the one of the few benefits of the uh, the stay at home shutdown of the world. Um, we might have some uh, some uh, cool guests. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, th- I think we did a We did a fine job cranking that out. Um uh, you also got three more hours of uh, of content on this on the on the feed this week. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, right. So you guys, um, I'm sure you guys are, 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 are have plenty to listen to. But yeah, yeah. Um, and and again, if you have never watched the 1997 Apple Cup, it's it's freely available on YouTube. You can find it. Yeah, there's like uh, seven different full yeah. games on there. <laughs> like just yeah, and watch and watch the uh, find the ABC broadcast, not the yep. uh, Rick Riz uh, Fox. I don't know what it was called at the time. It wasn't Root Sports. I think it, it was, was Fox, Fox Sports, Sports right? At that point. Yeah, the Fox Sports uh, broadcast. Don't 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 listen to that one. Listen to the actual ABC broadcast and and watch that one and and watch that and then listen to the podcast that's going to drop on Friday. Uh, that is that is my recommendation on that one. So yeah, and I found it when I searched for it uh, today. The first one that comes up is the ABC. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. All right. Highly so, recommend. Um, subscribe to us. Yes. Uh, send us emails. Send us emails at podcast versus everyone. And I, I am trying. I, I this is this is something I haven't talked to you about, but I have looked into trying to maybe get some T-shirts that that are podcast versus everyone branded. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm going to try and work that one out. So buy T-shirts from us eventually. Yeah. Someday. Yeah, um, uh, we already we already shouted out our Twitters and everything. So yes, uh, go Cougs, Jeff. Go Cougs, Craig. <laughs>